Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Please join us for this empowering podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage our next panel, Asset Manager, Permian, New Mexico, and East Texas Chevron, Burley Bourgeois. Senior Earth Scientist, MCBU C&D Chevron, Kat Hoffman. U.S. Diversity and Inclusion Manager, SLD, Valia McKinney. And Earth Science PDR Subservice at Chevron Technology Company, the dynamic moderator for our allyship panel, J.B. Clavaud. Wow, that is bright. And uh, I'm not talking about the lights. I'm talking about you guys. So thanks for uh, being here today. Uh, it's my pleasure to be your host for this panel on allyship and the role uh, men can play in that journey. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined on this uh, panel with my three panelists here. So. Uh, uh, I will let them introduce themselves quickly. Uh, why don't we start with you, Balia? So good morning, everyone. I guess good afternoon now. Uh, my name is Balia McKinney. I am the US Diversity and Inclusion Manager for SLB. And I'm happy to kind of contribute to this discussion talking about allyship. Uh, one of our main themes this year for our employee resource groups is the Year of the Ally. And it's all about making sure that our employees feel like they belong, that they feel accepted. And we're able to spread a lot of education and awareness about different communities through our employee resource groups. So very excited to, to join the discussion. Thank you. Kat, do you want to tell us who you are and why did you accept my invitation, by the way, for this panel? <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Kat Hoffman. I'm a senior earth scientist at Chevron. I'm currently working in our mid-continent business unit. Um, but I would have been heavily involved in the Women's Employee Network at Chevron for, oh gosh, I think since I started Chevron 15 years ago. And I helped launch uh, the Men Advocating Real Change program at Chevron in 2017. And I was actually lucky enough to go work for Catalyst for a year and a half. Chevron loaned me um, to help them put together materials so other companies could launch the program. All right, Billy, your turn. I'm Burley Bourgeois, uh, Chevron, uh, asset manager for our, our Permian uh, operations. Um, I'm here today, I, I probably boil it down because of Kat, uh, not because she invited me, but I was a part of our, our pilot program for Mark, our, our allyship program within Chevron in 2017. And, and through that, it really kind of helped open my eyes and, and really kickstart my journey as an ally and progressed on to, to I, I co-led the Mark program in Houston with Kat. Uh, so, so really enjoy the opportunity to share kind of my nuggets from, I'd say, the, the other side of the wall on allyship. All right, and I'm JB Clavo. I too work at Chevron, and uh, I'm also an alumni of the MAC program, so that probably explains why I'm here today. So let me start with you, Burley, with my first question, if, if that's okay with you. Uh, uh, to inspire and empower women and girls, what does allyship mean to you? That, that's a great question. So to, to touch on this, I'm going to use an example from fine arts. And, um, and I, when I, by fine arts, I mean the Barbie movie. So how many of you have seen the Barbie movie? Right, so, 
It's hard to see in the, in the lights here. But, so I'm a girl dad. I have four daughters. So if I thought I was going to escape that, I was sorely mistaken. So, uh, but there was a monologue in the movie that I think has resonated resonate with a lot of women. I'm not going to go through all of it, but I'm going to hit just a couple of points. So, um, and this is from the Gloria character. So it's literally impossible to be a woman. You're so beautiful, so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like we always have to be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You can never say you want to be thin, but you have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. I'm, I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single woman tie herself in the knots so that people will like us. And so to me, what an ally means, it, it's somebody who understands that somebody is going through something else. That the world is not only the way you see and experience it, and it's, it's a way that you can help. So you know, I think you know, what you believe shapes what you see, and what you see shapes your action. So I believe that every person has dignity, so how that shapes how I see it is I know everybody comes to the table with baggage, their own baggage, and they see the world differently. So how that shapes how I react is that in the position I'm in, the position in the majority, that I can act on behalf to help others be inclusive to bring their full selves to, to work. Thank you, Burley. These are uh, extremely powerful comments, and I do, they do resonate with me as well. So uh, you could have not said that better. I could have not said that better. Balia, let me turn to you. I have, I have a question from your perspective. Uh, uh, what role do men and boys play in inspiring and empowering women and girls? Uh, how do you see the role that Burley and I can play in, in that journey? Um, I think a lot about um, the programs that we've put in place to make sure that we're seeing women um, be promoted and advanced through our company, through, through the hierarchy. And we have started to build a lot of mentorship programs where we have women and men that will sponsor our more junior employees. Um, but what I really think is gonna be the difference maker is sponsorship. And that's taking things a step further. We, I've heard um, women are often over-mentored and under-sponsored, right? So when you have that a position where you're at the seat of the table, you have that privilege uh, to, to get, give visibility to someone outside of your network, really looking outside and thinking about who can I help to get that visibility, who can I help to uh, mentor and, and kind of give the, the rules of the game to um, so that we see better representation throughout the company. So I think that's really the secret ingredient. I don't know if I would say uh, Supporting but empowering, I think, is a great word. Yeah, no, thank you. I think when I started my journey in marketing, that was my, my first reaction was like, hey, I'm aware of the importance of women. Why do I need to do something else? It was like, good. being aware was just not good enough. And it, it took me a while to get there, but I'm here now. So uh, I th thanks, Valia. Those are uh, definitely uh, a good point and things for uh, every man in this audience to, to take back today and, and ponder on. Um, Kat, I, I know you have a few slides you want to share with us, but do, before we bring them, can, can we bring slide number two, if you don't mind? Uh, let me ask a question around you, a very practical one, Kat. I mean, you've been uh, uh, starting the uh, Mark program in, in Chevron, but what advice or tips would you give the rest of the audience here if they want to start some sort of allyship program, could be Mark or something of sort, do you have things you want them to leave today and some tips and advices to give them? 
Absolutely, I could spend probably an hour talking about this, so I'll try to keep it concise, uh, which is why I put together a slide to keep me on track. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is to truly have a successful program, it has to come from the top and from the bottom. So you need some sort of grassroots, uh, in which we recognized in Chevron, right? Uh, Mike Worth, who is our current CEO, was the executive sponsor of the Women's Employee Network, and he had attended an event and, and seen a talk about Mark and really wanted to implement it at Chevron. And so he came to the Women's Employee Network and said, please make this happen. And we said, yes, sir. And we put together a pilot program, right? So start small. Don't, you know, you don't have to tackle everything all at once. But what we found was the most effective was to go to the men who already get it, right? We, we know who those men are. We work with them. Um, go to them and ask for their help in engaging other men to become involved. We hosted a launch event. We asked every woman that came to bring a man with them. Um, you know, our vision of success for the MARC program at Chevron was we would have nine male leaders, uh, or sorry, eight male leaders and one female leader lead a group of 10, and that we would have about 70 people still involved at the end of the year. Well, almost 200 people showed up at our launch event, and almost 300 people signed up um, to join the program. So it, was, it became really popular. We were kind of doing it on the fly. So, you know, really just think about, you know, what is one question that men could get together and talk about? You know, provide a little, one data point, two or three questions, let them talk, um, I think is, is a great way to start. And once they start talking, they'll start sharing their learnings. So it's really a win, build, send environment. So win people over, build up their skill sets, and then send them out to bring more people in. You know, Kat, th thanks for all those words. I think, I think what you just said is, is, is very important. And, and the way I like to summarize it, I mean, it's a two-way street. You need the support for your from your executives, from your leadership, to provide the air cover for the people who down the trenches are willing from a, a bottom up uh, to change the way uh, uh, things were done. So I, this is very, critical to have both this top-down and uh, uh, bottom-up approach to, to, to a successful allyship program. Thanks. Uh, um, Burley, I'm going to go back to you. Uh, you know, among some of the reasons people jump uh, to help and support a, a cause, could be the role of women in the workplace or any, any other type of cause, uh, is that most of the time they feel a, an emotional connection and want to help or correct an injustice or something they think is just not right. Uh, what should allies do and not do when they want to become an ally of a woman or girls in general? You know, give, give us some tips on what to do, what not to do, and I'll take some notes <laughs> as you go. Yeah, I don't know if I'm an expert in it, but uh, I'll share just things I've seen. So I'll start with First, the not do, because those are, those are pretty I'd say, easier to. So the first thing I see that, that people do that's a challenge is they think, like, I'm going to be the superhero and I'm going to come in and save the day. Like, I think it's, you know, as an ally, you need to realize, like, you're not a superhero. Like, it, like women are very capable. They can, they can help us out. You're there to be someone to help uh, and, and move things along from a different point of view and different position. The other thing I would say is, is maybe the tangentially related, but 
people who say like, okay, I'm gonna incorrect all the wrongs that have happened, and I'm, I'm gonna call it, they force change in, in an incorrect way. So you know, an example would be, okay, I'm gonna go into a selection meeting, and I'm gonna make sure we select a woman for this job, no matter the qualifications, and I mean, I'm sure all of you, all of you there, and, and women I've talked to, like no one wants to be selected just because they're a woman. woman. You wanna be selected because you're the most qualified. So, so that's the pitfalls that I see people who, they, they take it to an extreme we'll fall into. But to make it simple for me of the things to do, I, I just call it the ABCs, right? So one is, is awareness, right? To, to be an ally, you need to be aware that there's a problem. And I think that's, that's where I was before I was in the MARC program. I was like, I don't see this, so I don't see there's an issue, so what's the problem? So once you're aware of the problem, you can talk more about it. The second is that you have to believe that you can make a difference. So based on the data that we saw in the MARC program, people, they didn't want to be a part of the program or they didn't feel like it, was, it could be impactful for two reasons. One is I'm uncomfortable having this kind of conversation or two is I don't believe that anything I say is gonna make a difference. And I think if you're an ally out there, you wanna be an ally, like truly what, if you act on behalf of someone else, you can make a difference. And the last one, the C part is care. You have to have a reason to care. This can't be a, wow, this will look really good on my resume if, if I go be an ally for something. You have to have a reason to keep you doing it or, or else you're just gonna stop. Uh, thank you, those are uh, uh, extremely good points and I, I think I resonate with the last one particularly. The driver for me was as well part of uh, uh, look at my spouse and see kind of a thumbs up from her. Yeah, you, you, you're going the extra mile now, you, you're just not recognizing me as a woman in the uh, oil and gas industry, but you're doing a little bit more to, to advance my cause. And so uh, you don't do it for yourself, you do it because you look at someone else and that person says simply thank you. And that's when I know like, okay, I'm on the, on, I'm on the right track. When my wife told me, thank you. That was like, okay, that's it. That's the path I need to follow. Uh, uh, let me uh, uh, jump back to you, Kat. Why is inspiring and empowering women and girls important in general? So if we step back, you give us some advices on how you do it, but why we should be doing that in the first place? Yeah, it is, that's a great question. And I think, you know, most of us know there, there have been multiple studies that show that women are less self-assured than men, um, less likely to self-promote and less likely to take big risks to further their career, right? We often apply for the job that we know we can do, right? We meet all the qualifications versus, you know, getting um, half of them and then learning the rest on the fly. And so having other women or, you know, allies, yeah. <laughs> That one's too late now, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, think about the Cotter model of change um, while you're implementing a program, right? Create the climate, engage and enable, and then implement and sustain. So you can use that as a baseline for getting something going back to the other question. But so inspiring yeah. and encouraging. Uh, I think it's critical to have those sort of role models. I'm a great example of this. Um, I'm the first person in my family to get an advanced degree, and that is because of Dr. Lisa Pratt, my advisor. Um, she encouraged me to go to grad school, helped me get in, and actually forced me to interview with Chevron after I refused the first year. And her words to me were, 
if people like you don't go work for this organization, things will never change. And that really, that really struck with me. And when I asked her why she had helped me so much to get to where I was, she said, someone did it for me when I was younger. So it really creates that ripple effect that you know, we don't always see, um, that I think goes through multiple generations. Excellent, thank you. Uh, Balia, can you walk us please through how you've implemented that in your own company? Can, can you give us some insights? I mean, Siobhan has been on this journey for a while, so I, I want to hear from a different company because each company has its own culture and ways of approaching and trying to solve these kind of problems. Can you share with the audience how SLB has embarked? Why did you decide to go down that path? For how long have you been doing it? And, and how is it working for you at SLB? So I think we've been a part of this journey with Mark for maybe two or three years, so not as long as Chevron, but I know that it has been such a special and unique program. Uh, especially there's a training called the immersive training, which is a day and a half, and people cry, people have breakthroughs, people become very vulnerable, and they just walk away understanding so much more. And I think it's all about uh, the journey, right? And I think we kind of touched on it that uh, there's kind of an advocacy uh, continuum. And we might be in different places and we have to meet people where they are. And that was a big learning curve for me. <laughs> um, but it's really true. We have to meet people where they are and, and just the education and awareness sometimes. And then if you are an ally, the people that are already passionate about it, how can we take that to another level? Another thing, and I, I just will kind of talk about what I brought up in the beginning about our employee resource groups and allyship being so important. One thing that we do is combined ERG events that include uh, the communities from LGBTQ plus women, uh, our black organization, our disabilities organization. And what's great about those uh, combined events is that maybe you came from, for one community, but you hear something that you didn't know from another, and then guess what? I'm more than one thing, right? So those, those events are so powerful in bringing people together and understanding how they can be allies. Thank you so much, but yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is good to hear. I mean, uh, probably resonate with us at Trevor. We've seen this kind of uh, 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 drivers, why we are doing it, and, and how it's been impactful. We have a few more minutes, so let me continue down the path of my questions. Uh, Kat, one for you, one question for you. Merriam-Webster defines ally as one that is associated with another as a helper, a person or group that provides assistance and supports in an ongoing effort activity or struggle. The term has come to be associated with marginalized group in general, but can you go beyond, can, can you help us define it from your perspective? Uh, uh, what, do you, what do you think an ally should be so it can also help me become a better ally? So can you give your one-liner on what's an ally? Oh, oh one line. Ooh, <laughs> that's a little tough. Two lines. <laughs> Two lines, thank you. I mean, Bali brought it up, right? The advocacy continuum. You don't just wake up one day and you're an ally. Right, you are first unaware, right? You're absent, you have no idea what's going on with a, a certain subset or group. And I love that you hit on intersectionality, right? We're all not just one thing. Um, and then you become aware of these issues and 
you start learning more and you know kind of pro tip at this point like don't go ask the marginalized group to like get you up to speed do your own research and then go and ask thoughtful questions um, and then you know you really start becoming more active and and being an ally seeing opportunities and to me the end goal is to become an advocate and that is where you are proactively looking for opportunities to make change Okay, so we have our marching orders, you know, we need to upgrade from ally to advocate. Okay, that's, that's a good, uh, good opportunity to put that on my 2024 uh, objectives. Uh, thank you, Kat. Uh, Burley, let, let me try to wrap up that, uh, that panel with you with one question. Uh, if you could have given your younger self one piece of advice or encouragement before starting on this journey, you know, beyond go watch the uh, Barbie movie. So if you could have given yourself one advice, you know, uh, what would that be? Yeah, when, I, when I thought through this question, the, the advice I would give my, my previous self is the same piece of advice I'm gonna give each and every one of you here today. So it's to look, listen, and act. Because th there are way too many people who are dealing with exclusion in, in our workplaces, in, in our world, and it's not, not exclusion from a gender, it's just all kinds of exclusion. And you can be that person to, that can make a change and help change the trajectory of their life and their future. Yeah, no, thank you. This is, this is an excellent one. I, I just became aware of one organization actually called the, uh, the Paper Ceiling, who is trying to promote uh, people who did not graduate with a degree, uh, a college degree. So, you know, We've heard over the last few years, you know, women need to break the glass ceiling, and now there is a new word in my vocabulary, which is the paper ceiling. And so I encourage all of you to look, uh, really like uh, uh, how you described uh, uh, the, the advice to your self, younger self. So I think this is, this is it for us. We are at our time. I would like to ask my panelists one last question, one last thought you want to leave us with. Melia? One last thought is just um, empathy. I think that's a, a big part of um, allyship is empathy, and it's not about walking in someone else's shoes. It's about listening to their stories and, and getting their point of view of what it's like to walk in their shoes. Right? I know I screwed that quote up from Brene Brown, but, <laughs> but it's an awesome uh, uh, visual of how we need to listen to people and accept that maybe they have a different experience. Thank you. Kat? I guess I would say never underestimate the power that you have to make a, make a difference in someone's life. Um, I never expected this to be in my career path at all. Um, and I'm very grateful that I was able to listen and act and learn along the, my journey. Thank you, Kat. Burley? Yeah, for me, I'd say allyship isn't, isn't a program, it's people, right? So each, each individual person can make a difference. Don't, you don't have to wait for your company to have some, some big program to make an impact today. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks for everybody uh, listening to this panel and uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. For more information about the Chamber and our podcast, please visit us at ghwcc.org.